This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Veteran, rookie, how about a job? Bill Belichick still available. Greatest coach of all time. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. Along Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, Chris Canty with you. All right, let's get you up to speed on what we know latest here. Adam Schefter is going to join us in just a couple of minutes, and these reports obviously coming from uh, Schefter here on just different coaching carousel updates. We have Jim Harbaugh's second interview with the Chargers. The Eagles are going to have a presser Wednesday, seemingly to announce that Nick Sirianni is coming back to be their head coach. There have been rumors about the idea of Ron Rivera, former Washington head coach, interviewing to be their defensive coordinator. The Bears hire Seattle Shane Walsh. Aldrin as their offensive coordinator. The Jaguars hire Ryan Nielsen uh, from Atlanta to be their defensive coordinator, which is indication that, you know, not that he was rumored to go, although I was suggesting that would be a good fit for Belichick, that Doug Peterson is back with Jacksonville. And then the big news last night, as Schefter reported, uh, guys, is that Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, is going to take over as head coach of the Tennessee Titans, which tells you, and this is not meant to be a slight on Callahan, he's just not like the sexy name necessarily, yeah. that tells you their decision-making relative to... Uh, Mike Vrabel was more so about not having Vrabel than having someone else in comparison, like New England. I think there was a double whammy. I think they didn't want Belichick and they wanted Mayo. That's like a you know a partnership, so to speak, with that Smalls. I don't look at the Tennessee situation thinking they knew when they started the process and they terminated uh, Mike Vrabel that they knew 100% they were going to end up with Brian Callahan. Which is a little surprising because you would think if you were going to move on from a coach like Mike Vrabel that you would have a candidate in mind to replace him. Yeah. Because he's a guy that a lot of other teams are interested in and that has had success. So I actually am a little bit more surprised by their decision decision-making now, knowing that there wasn't somebody that was their target head coach. Yeah, it is a little bit surprising, but I guess when you have a new general manager in Rand Carthon, he wants to be able to establish his program, and he wants somebody that's an ally, not somebody that's an adversary in that, and it feels like there was friction within the Titans because Mike Vrabel wanted more say based on his performance as a head coach, and I can understand that, but the new general manager, Rand Carthon, wasn't going for it. So let me go ahead and bring in Brian Callahan, somebody that has extensive NFL pedigree. Remember his dad, Bill Callahan, was the head coach of the Raiders when they went to the Super Bowl in 2002. So this is a player, a coach that grew up in the business around players. So he understands the, 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 the task. He understands the job. Uh, and so maybe he could potentially grow into that role of being a head coach now. But certainly it's not going to be somebody that challenges Rand Carthon's authority because they're new to the head coaching role themselves. So I guess in a lot of ways this is Rand Carthon consolidating power within the Tennessee Titans. And I don't know what that means in terms of the Titans' outlook for the future, but it's clear that the general manager won the power struggle in Tennessee between him and the head coach. If Brian Callahan is anything similar to the guy he just was working for, and they do have a lot of similarities, and that's a good thing. Zach Taylor, we've talked about Cincinnati Bengals, is the most understated, unknown, really successful, high-level coach in the NFL. He's also the son-in-law of a former NFL head coach in Mike Sherman, right? There is there is connection, family connections, growing up around it, living with it on a day-to-day basis, having that one phone call away resource of, hey, you've been through this. I don't even have to put you on payroll. Can you help me out on this? Like you're mentioning with Brian Callahan. I think that's what they hired. They hired an understated, unknown may be strong, because how can you be unknown as an NFL head coach? But is there any coach in the NFL that we would say is less praised than Zach Taylor that deserves more praise? No. No, especially after what he did this year. Yeah. 
Yeah. With I mean, Joe Burrow being out. Big yeah. time. And so, hey, maybe they hire, in their minds, let's hire someone similar, right? When you're hiring off of the Sean McVay tree or Kyle Shanahan tree, you're trying to hire someone similar. I guess that's what Tennessee is trying to do. But face of the franchise, Tennessee Titans, you, there is no face of the franchise. Yeah, but right you now. can't say that they've done better with the head coach than what they had in Mike Vrabel. No, that's, that's what I'm that, saying. That's, They've that's, lost that face of the franchise. Well, 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 not even just losing the face of the franchise. Somebody that can coach above the X's and O's. Somebody that can wring all of the potential out of the talent that you have on the roster. Somebody that can muck up the game, make it close, and find a way to win. Like, all of those things matter. But beyond that, somebody that has the credibility of the players in the locker room, credibility with players around the National Football League, well-respected. And, you know, the proof is in what he has been able to do, despite – having instability at the most important position in all the team sports. So that's the thing. Like, you can't look at this higher and say, this is a clear and obvious upgrade. It's clear that they're transitioning, and maybe there can be more synergy between the head coach and GM now that Rand Carthon was able to handpick his own head coach. But you'd be hard-pressed to find a head coach that would be a definitive upgrade from what Mike Vrabel was, which is why I think this hire would be looked at with a lot of scrutiny over the next couple of years in terms of how this thing plays out. All right, let's find out more about the coaching carousel right now and everything going on in the NFL, of course, with Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insider, brought to us by BetterHelp. BetterHelp makes it easy to match with a licensed therapist. Get 10% off of your first month of online therapy at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. Of course, he's got the podcast of the ESPN app and wherever podcasts are found as well. And he joins Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, and me, Evan Cohen, right now. Adam, let's start with this. Is every head coaching opening that is open Done. Are we going to see any more? Could there be any more openings this offseason in the NFL? Well, Evan, I would say that we're not counting on that, but you never know, right? With That's the funny thing about this. I remember at one point in time, the San Diego Chargers at the time firing Marty Schottenheimer after a 14-2 and season or a 12-2 season, whatever it was. It was a crazy season. They fired him in March. Where'd that come from? (laughs) So, uh, as best as we can tell, I'm not seeing anything like Nick Sirianni is going to be safe in Philly. Dallas kept Mike McCarthy. Uh, McDermott? People have have brought that up. I don't see it, but, you know, could they do something? I mean, I'm not seeing it, but anything's always possible. Uh, So, I, I think... We should, should finish up this year at eight head coaching changes. We'll see if there's another one that unexpectedly materializes. Always could. I'm not ex- expecting. It's not something that I see coming right now. Shefty, based on how the interview schedule has played out, which one of these vacancies is the next one that you anticipate will be filled? Oh, that's 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 a hard one, Chris. Um you know, I think it's easier to identify some of them that might not be filled as quickly. And I think that Carolina, Washington, Seattle look like they've been interested in Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald and Aaron Glenn. So, like, with some of these coaches coaching in these games, that would tell me that those teams don't appear to be close. Now, could – yeah, again, I, I hate absolutes in these things because something can change in a day. But I would say that those teams look like they, they have some level of interest in some of these 
coaches who are still involved in the playoffs, and because of that, they can't hire them right now, and they'd like to talk to them but can't talk to them again until these coaches are done in the playoffs. So uh, there's some extenuating circumstances there. Now, the Chargers and Falcons, uh, not that they're not interested in those guys. I'm sure they also have varying levels of interest, but they, they seem like they've cast wider nets beyond uh, some of those coaches in these games. And to me, I guess they're on the clock. Not that not that you know anything's happening today. You, you never know, but they're on the clock more in L.A. and Atlanta. And and I don't get the sense that Atlanta is particularly close right now as we as we talk this morning. Adam, as you reported, the Titans are working to finalize a deal to hire Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan as their next head coach. What can you tell us about why Brian Callahan was their guy? Yeah, I think they were looking for a young, bright offensive mind, somebody who would be collaborative with their general manager, Rand Carthon, somebody who could help develop a young quarterback. And you, you look at the coaches that, Brian Callahan has worked under. You look at the quarterbacks that he's worked with, and I think that, Michelle, is your biggest explanation as to why they went with Brian Callahan. Now, I think that you have to start with him when it comes to the fact that he's the son of Bill Callahan, who is an all-time great NFL assistant coach. He was a one-time head coach for the Raiders, but really has been an all-time assistant coach, like Hall of Fame quality to me. And, you know, anytime you grow up the son of a coach, that certainly benefits you, as we've seen with people like the Harbaugh's or Kyle Shanahan or many others. It, it just, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You live, eat, and breathe it. And uh, that's what Brian Callahan's done, in addition to being around guys like Peyton Manning and Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow and Derek Carr and John Gruden and... Zach Taylor, and we go on and on. I mean, he's, he uh, is in a position where he's ready. And, and it, it was interesting to me that the Titans went as quickly as they did yesterday. You know, one day after these games ended, they brought him in for a second interview. And lo and behold, a short time later, um, Brian Callahan is hired as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Talk with Adam Schefter, brought to us by BetterHelp here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, betterhelp.com slash Adam for more information. Bill Belichick has interviewed with one team because that's the only team he's wanted to interview with, or that's the only team that's wanted to interview him? Well, so far, uh, again, you never know what's going on behind closed scenes. Some, some talks or conversations aren't advertised. Teams don't want that. Coach doesn't want that, whatever it may be. But the only one team that we know that he's interviewed with, best as we can tell, is the Atlanta Falcons. And he's interviewed with them twice. And, and I think, you know, when you're hiring Bill Belichick, you're getting the greatest coach in league history. But you're also getting, okay, well, he wants his system and he wants his guys and he wants it his way. And that might not necessarily make everybody uh, or that might not be as appealing to certain people in an organization as it would be others. So... You know, there are a lot of voices that have a say about whether an individual is hired. Um, would some of them feel threatened if Bill were in the building? Would some of them be as comfortable? Would some of them be 
welcome to all the changes that he would implement. These are questions that are going on. You know, to me, you know, it's amazing that he hasn't generated more interest. And, and I guess I just go back to when Tom Brady was a free agent quarterback, maybe the best analogy for it, when Brady was an unrestricted free agent leaving New England, there were only two teams, two, that showed real interest in him, and that was the Chargers and the Buccaneers. 30 other teams all made the decision that they would rather have their guy. Crazy. Now, you look back at that, you say, how can that be? Like, how do you not do that? And people didn't want to overhaul their offense and bring in Tom Brady and all the people that he'd have and all the changes. It would, it, it, to me, it's, it, it's a little bit similar with Bill Belichick. You know, how much longer does Tom Brady have left as a player? How much longer does Bill Belichick have as a coach? Do we want to do that? To, do we want to disrupt, if I could use such a phrase, our organization for all the changes that it would bring? And the Buccaneers made the decision that they, it was worth it. And lo and behold, they won the Super Bowl that year. And, and I, I think, you know, I think to me, like, if you have a chance to go get Bill Bud, I don't know why you wouldn't explore it. Like, one of these eight teams that had an opening has in one? Really? Wow. Okay. Like, if that were my team and I had an opening, you'd be the first guy I'd want to talk to. Shefty, Jim Harbaugh is a name that's looming large during this hiring cycle. Any idea as to the timeline when Harbs is going to make a decision? Well, he's, he's supposed to meet this week with the Chargers and Falcons. Uh, I would think by the end of this week we'll have a little bit more clarity there, Chris, as to uh, what he's thinking, where he would like to go. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if there were a deal in place you know, before the conference championship games. I think that's certainly plausible. But you have to see how the meetings and the – week plays out here with him. Shefty, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. We will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You too. There's Adam Schefter, uh, brought to us by BetterHelp. BetterHelp makes it easy to watch with a uh, match, excuse me, with a licensed therapist. Get 10% off your first month of online therapy at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. A bunch of nuggets there. The Brady-Belichick comparison I love makes a lot of sense looking back on it. Obviously, from a Belichick perspective, you don't understand why they don't more teams don't go for him. Yep. And Harbaugh, by the end of the week, that makes you think he's leaving Michigan, right? You're going you're gonna to give in on this? I know you've no, wanted it. No, I'm not giving in on it. Until I see something happen, until he decides that he's going to sign with an NFL team, I still contend that this is a, a leverage play, a negotiating ploy for Michigan. I think that's what this is. I've, I'm more convinced than ever that he's leaving Michigan simply because we haven't heard one name to replace him at Michigan, which means it's going to be his assistant coach, uh, Cheryl Moore, who's going to probably get that job. They don't have to look around like, all right, your turn. Go, Your, your office is over there now <laughs> instead of over here. But why would we be hearing names until we hear that he's gone? If I'm Michigan, I wouldn't want to upset him no, or disrespect him no. or push him out the door in any no. way. You don't think no. agents would then bring up their names or their clients? I don't know. No. I'm doing everything I can to keep him happy yeah, and yeah. wanting him to uh, we return. We got a 10-year, $150 million deal on the table. What you want to do? <laughs> Any way you cut it, it sounds you, like. What you want to do? It sounds like Shefty just said we're going to know one way or another by yes, Sunday. By with, the with Jim Harbaugh. By, by conference championship game. Day. All right. We yeah. will revisit some of what Shefty had to say. Plus, Josh Allen did his uh, season-ending exit presser. Wait till you hear what he had to say. Coming up next, we're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Hmm. I would say that uh, RC was right on that, Ryan Clark, right? In terms of Josh Allen. Very forceful, though. Very forceful. Well, I mean... He has fallen short, has he not? Yeah, he has fallen short. But I guess my point is I don't look at the game on Sunday and say Josh Allen was the reason why the Bills lost, but he didn't do anything to help the cause at the end of the game when he had an opportunity to. Does that make sense? I'm not saying he's the reason why they lost. I'm not pinpointing Josh Allen as the reason, but they they pay him what they pay him to be the answer to some of the deficiencies that the team deals with. So when you start talking about – Khalil Shakir being banged up in that game. When you talk about Gabe Davis being out, when you talk about the defense being banged up, Josh Allen is supposed to be able to overcome all of those things. And the fact that he wasn't able to do that, I think that's the part where I think it's fair to criticize him in terms of being on that same level with Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's the part that's a shock to the system because – this postseason matchup has been one-sided. Josh has been 0-3 when he matches up against Mahomes. At some point, if you are as great as everybody has said you are, if you are as great as we all have you know, assigned the ability for you to be, then you've got to be able to break through. And the fact that he hasn't done it is it's jarring for a lot of folks. I don't know why it's so triggering for people for us to say this isn't a rivalry when it's so one-sided. It's a rivalry has to have equal balance. There has to be some sort of back and forth. So far, it's been all Patrick Mahomes, all Kansas City Chiefs. Well, Josh Allen, I agree with you. I, <laughs> I Josh don't know Allen, how that's such a, a bold thing to say. Josh Allen woke up yesterday. Um, he told you that here. Better than the alternative. Fair. Yeah, I mean, it's it's surreal. Um, on the bright side, we woke up this morning, right? We're, we're all here. Um you know, losing losing's never fun. It's it's a part of the game. It's the worst, well, second worst part of the game. Obviously, injuries are the worst part of the game. But um, it's the reason why you play this game is because you don't want to feel this way. But when you do feel this way, it, it makes um, winning all that much more special. And you know, this isn't something that we're going to run from. It's not something we're going to hide from. You know, we got to we got to take it on the chin and continue to learn and, and get better. And I know that doesn't. It's not what people want to hear. Uh, they want to see results. We want to see results. We're just like, just like you guys. We we want to win, you know. And that's that's the fact. And uh, at the end of the season, there's one happy team, 
and we're going to keep fighting and keep working as hard as we can until until we are that one team. He well, just machine gunned every sports cliche that we have in the book. We're going to get better. We're not going to run from it. We woke up today. We're going to find a way, and we're going to over. He just basically rattled off every sports cliche known to man to try to cover up for the disappointment, the early exit that they have in the postseason. Now, here's where I'll give Josh and the Bills some credit. They fought back. I mean, week 12, they lost to the Eagles. You're talking about a team that was 6-6 six and six and two games behind the Miami Dolphins and the division leaders with, with, with not a lot of time to go, with one month of football left. And they were able to fight back and win the division and win a playoff game. I will give them credit for that. No, I, I, I won't. I'll give them credit for that. Why, why won't, won't, you? Why because, won't you give them credit for Because they it? put themselves in that deficit. If I gained 50 pounds and then I lost 50 pounds, you give me credit for losing the weight? You, bet, you better believe I let's yeah, also, I'm going to okay, give you credit But for let's it. also acknowledge I had to lose the weight because I put on the weight, right? Like, let's not ignore the fact that he dug himself, they dug themselves they, a hole. You know why they, I'll give them credit for that? I'll give them credit because it reveals the sports character. It would have been easy to start pointing fingers, especially totally. when Ken Dorsey got fired. They didn't do that. They, no, ra- that they rallied as a team. Big time. That's fine. And, and, just, that, and that matters. In a really like, emphatic way. Yeah, yeah that matters. But like, we have to acknowledge that they put themselves there, right? Now, by the way, that, that piece of sound has driven one person absolutely crazy. Our producer, Nuno, is livid with this oh. sound. Yes. Nuno? <laughs> as a sports fan, you live and die with these results. The Giants were a complete and utter disaster, and I lived and died with every single thing. If someone sat up there the day after you lost a game at home, you finally have Patrick Mahomes in your own building, you had the chance to win that, and you're giving me, at least we woke up? Like, no, that doesn't fly with actual fans. It's it's embarrassing, actually, for me. It's Hey, this sucks. This isn't the way. I have to do better. We need to be better. Like that's. I want to hear accountability. But he said that. He said you know? that. But he said he that. I'm giving you a BS cliches that they hand you out. Like, do they give that to you at the uh, rookie symposium? <laughs> like, hey, here are these. Say yeah, this. It's rule in, number yeah, one. <laughs> and cliches. Yes. They give so say this in case of uh, you know, you choke away again. That's the second like, seminar. This is ridiculous with Josh Allen. I, I but what do you want him to say? Do you want him to do you want him to go up there and bang the table and scream and say this is my fault and I suck and I'm going to make sure that we're better next year? I mean, he said all of that. No, no, he had to say on the bright side we woke up because that's the only positive right now coming out of this is that the man is alive. But what more do you I, want from I would him? I respect him if he got up there and broke <laughs> yeah. the table. Yes. I would actually have a lot. Bill's Mafia. I, I would actually Bill's Mafia. Michelle, if he got up there and broke the damn like, table. <laughs> I know he's trying to be a really good te- a teammate, right? He you know, talked about how he would never throw uh, Stefan Diggs under the bus and things of that nature, and I don't expect him to. But I do expect him to actually show that fire. For especially for these fans, for the Bills, poor Christine Lisi, who does our <laughs> updates, she was beyond miserable ro- roaming these halls. Like you think she was happy that I, obviously she was happy she woke up, but she thinks, <laughs> oh, like I'm happy I woke up. The Bills and Josh Allen once again failed because that's all they keep doing is failing. Like no, like fans don't want to hear that. All right, hold these thoughts. We're going to continue this conversation. Okay. We're going to bring Patrick Mahomes' success into this and maybe more of the fair comps to some of the quarterbacks that are playing this weekend when it comes to Josh Allen because maybe we're underrating some of the other guys with how we've overrated Josh Allen, it seems like. It's triggered us maybe to underrate some of the other guys. We'll get into that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, I'm going to say something. Is Patrick Mahomes underrated? (laughs) Wow. I'm just thinking about this. I'm like, think about how much time. We are Unsportsmanlike, by the way, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Think about how much time, and, and despite... What some may say, I think we're rightful the amount of time we've spent on Josh Allen because he's a polarizing lightning rod of an issue. We've spent so much time on him. We've brought Jared Goff into the conversation of like, wow, like he's had a really good career. Mm-hmm. We rightfully have brought Lamar into the conversation of, hey, by the way, he's won two MVPs and now he's in a conference championship game. And the Purdy debate goes on. Is it because of him? Is it with him? Is he tractor? Is he trailer? Whatever you want to look at, Right. In a way, I've almost felt like we've underrated Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, we've also said today has had the greatest start to a career in the history of, a, of the sport. I, I think he may be underrated. Is that a crazy thing to say? I mean, I mean, he's a perfect six for six when it comes to getting to the conference championship game. I mean, and there, there, there's only been two times where he didn't advance from there to the Super Bowl, and he lost one of those to Tom Brady. He lost one to Joe Burrow, who is the second best player at the position in the sport. Yeah, I, I mean. Okay, let we... me give you more context as to why. In Brady's prime, once he surpassed Manning, I think we probably got to a point we didn't compare him to anybody. We're like, this is stupid. You're going to really compare him to Rodgers? In Michael Jordan's prime, we didn't compare him to anybody. There was no that We weren't saying, who's better, MJ or Clyde Drexler? Or who's better, MJ or Reggie Miller? And those are two first ballot Hall of Famers. We still compare Mahomes to people. Why? I, well, we don't compare him to any of his contemporaries, and I think that's a compliment yeah. to how great his career started. Okay, off as long with. as we're not, like, we're not, we're not comparing him to Lamar Jackson, to Joe Burrow, to Josh Allen, or whoever. When you want to insert name the quarterback, we compare him to the greatest to ever do it. We compare him to Joe Montana. We compare him to Peyton Manning. We compare him to Tom Brady. Right. Quarterbacks that have won multiple Super Bowls and multiple MVPs. That is a very small list. And that is the only people that we can compare him to. Those are the only people just because his accolades and his team success far surpass anybody that is currently playing the game. So if Lamar wins the Super Bowl, Smalls, yes. are we comparing him to Mahomes? I think there is more of a comparison there because he's now had individual success and team success, but I still don't think he's on the same plane as Patrick Mahomes, which is why I think – this Josh Allen thing is a little unfair because we so desperately want to have that part of the Patrick Mahomes story that he does have a rival, that he maybe does have a contemporary. The Why way can't Peyton, it be Lamar Jackson? 
But I think people want to make it Josh Allen because of their postseason matchups. And it's just really unfair to Josh Allen, who played a great game and who's a great player. But we have to have the conversation about him not being enough because we're comparing him to this guy. Yeah, I don't think there's an equal. I don't think it's Lamar yet. I don't think it's Burrow. I think, like, when you think about other sports in the NBA, LeBron James is considered the second greatest player of all time. Yeah. I think it's fair to compare his time and Steph Curry's time. I think that's – like, they each have four championships. Like, they've played against each other a bunch of times. I think he has a rival. Maybe not 100% like the beginning of Manning and Brady. I just don't think Mahomes has a rival at all. I think we're three to four years away from Mahomes having a rival. Oh, wait a minute now. If Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl this year, all of a sudden he's got two MVPs, same as Pat Mahomes, and he would have – one less ring than Pat Mahomes. And would have beaten him on the way to winning. And would have beaten him on the way to, yeah, I, I think Lamar Jackson would be a true rival. You can call it a rivalry at that point. In the same way we called it with, with Manning and Brady, you could call it a rivalry. Maybe it's semantics, but I look at it this way. It's a comparison more than a rivalry because it would only have the one playoff appearance against each other. But what we would do is every year we'd be like, let's hope we get Ravens Chiefs. Let's hope we get, we would root for, even if you're not, you're a Raven. Yeah. But like, even if you were a Stealer, and your team's out, you would have to then say, well, I hope we get Ravens Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, because you have, you have the two best players yeah, in the sport. Yeah, you want more examples of that to no see doubt. in no front doubt. of you. Benny in St. Louis, listening on 101 in St. Louis, the home of Michelle Smallman. Hello. How are you guys? Hey, Benny. Hey, Benny. All right, buddy. Listen, like, like Canty just said, i just like to say, you know, Mahomes is a great quarterback. But these guys got to stop putting them on a pedestal. You know, Montana went to four Super Bowls. He won all four of them. He dominated all four of them. He beat Denver 55-10. You know, right now, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, nobody nobody can shine Montana's shoes. If, 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 if this quarterback from uh, KC wins, wins another couple of Super Bowls, then maybe you could put him in the conversation. I don't understand why he's, he's, he's as one of the greatest. Where are you? Where are you going? Where, what is what is your GPS telling you? Where are you going? <laughs> Benny, right? what's the route? You on sixty four? Uh, yeah, picking up school kids. Listen, I got my monitor in the car. I've been waiting an hour and a half to talk. Wait to a second! Guys. You're literally. Wait a second, Benny. Benny, are you a a school bus driver right now? Oh no, I'm a, I'm a van driver. Van buddy, driver. But okay, but either way, if you, you have kids, know. if you have kids in the car, maybe don't call us. No, he said his mother's in the car. Oh, his mother? Who's in the car with you? I got my monitor. I got my monitor. monitor. We're laughing about. Oh, monitor. She's a green baby. Why can't Benny and the kids listen to us on the way to school? You that's want right. little kids? We're a family-friendly show. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. They, they have opinions on Josh Allen. Absolutely. You're missing the whole point. What's the point? You don't want your van or bus driver fully concentrating on the road no. and not talking he on the can, phone? He can do two things at once. I Benny, can... can you do two things at once? <laughs> Oh, he can't stand so, on you, you, so let me get this right. Yes. You don't want people that are driving to listen to us at the same That's time? That's not what I said. Okay, I'm just curious. I'm, don't I'm, take my words I'm out trying, of context This is here. literally a drive-time okay. radio show. And, no, no, no. and I have many phone conversations when I'm driving. You're, okay. It's hands-free. As long free. as it's hands-free, it's we're hands-free. good. We're Gucci. Do you want, okay, do you want your bus driver or van driver of young children yes. also on the phone with us yes. while they're driving kids? Yes, I'm fine with it. 
I want the good young children of St. Louis to grow up listening to a fine quality program I never program said about like listening. This. I'm saying talking. I don't I want, want them on the phone. I want these kids going on the playground and being like, you think Josh Allen is an elite quarterback? Well, Absolutely. let me give you some stats. I'm not arguing that. I'm saying I don't want the bus driver on the phone. I have no problem with Benny calling in while he's driving the More, kids to school. Well, fine. No we need problem. The bus drivers Me. out there, we need to no hear problem. from you at 888-ESPN. And Bernard, the monitors for that. <laughs> Bernard in Bridgeport listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Bernard? Hey, good morning. Are you driving a school bus I right am... now? No, <laughs> okay, no actually, I'm Go driving ahead. a truck. But, Go ahead, you then. <laughs> You're good, then. Uh, I'm calling up. You guys were talking about the great career starts, and I'm kind of surprised that Canty didn't mention Magic Johnson. He did. We did didn't we... he win a couple finals MP, MVPs? Which is why he mentioned Magic yeah, we, Johnson. We brought up Magic Johnson. Oh. Yeah, we brought a magic. Okay, Johnson. I'm sorry. I guess I guess I stepped out of the truck for a minute. No, it's all, all it's all good. good. It's but all that's good. a good comparison. That was one that we circled back to, and we mentioned magic. Yeah, but that that a- actually highlights the point that if you're going to say the start of Mahomes' career comparatively is similar to that of the start of Magic Johnson in his first seven years in the NBA, then that just puts in perspective the greatness we are witnessing on a year-by-year, game-by-game basis. Maurice in Wichita, listening on 98.3, joins us on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. What's up, Maurice? Hey, top of the morning. I just want to let y'all know I'm driving a truck, too. Yes. Truck is fine. School bus with little kids, not as much. Just saying. Well, what I wanted to say uh, was three points. First of all, who you guys should have been pairing Josh Allen Two was Tracy McGrady. Put up big numbers, don't win nothing. Mm. That's a fair secondly, one. Secondly, I'm a diehard Raider uh, fan. I bleed silver and black. But like I had to admit to my wife last night, when my Raiders aren't in it, I am in awe and extreme fascination of the mastery of his craft that Patrick Mahomes is doing. Let me tell you something. Uh, you, are two for, thing, you are two for two on what you have done here so far. We're going to let you get a third thing, but good for you because that is exactly well, third what one, I know sports I'm, fans I, should do. The third do. thing I know I'm going to get hit for because it involves them Cowboys who somehow we keep saying is America's team and it's not. But I think that if we're going to have like comparisons of quarterbacks, you only need to be comparing Dak and Josh Allen to see who's more of a letdown. That's all I got to say on it. No, I mean, I think he, he was three for three. A Josh Allen-Tracy McGrady career comparison makes sense. Not insulting at all. Hall of Fame caliber, right? McGrady is Hall of Famer. Um, the second point about if your team's out of it, just sitting back and being in awe of Mahomes, check. That's mm-hmm. what you should do as a sports fan. Even no if doubt. you hate on him, you still got to be in awe of him. And for yeah, sure. Josh Allen, comp to Dak, we're good. Also, why would you hate Patrick Holmes? Just because maybe he beat your team a lot on the yeah, way to winning? Yeah, hate us because he ain't us. Yeah. Right? Or the opposite. But of it's that. kind of amazing how likable he is for as dominant as he is. He's not yeah. really that polarizing because people are just really in awe of him. Unless yeah. he's beaten you, then yeah, I understand why you hate him. Uh, yeah. Sarah in Wichita watching on ESPNU. What's up, Sarah? Hey, guys. Uh, also a huge Chiefs fan. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Michelle Smallman. Um, I cannot believe you're still single. Is that true? Oh, Sarah, we don't talk about my personal life here on the show, but thank you so much. <laughs> Girl, I like I love watching you guys every morning. I get to work super early. I'm working right now, and I just love you guys, watch you every day. Um, but I stay on my couch in the evenings, and I just look at my husband, and I'm like, hey, do you know how lucky you are that I watch ESPN from 6 a.m. to 1 o'clock in the afternoon all day, every day, and I know everything that's going on, and that's because of you guys, so – I just wanted to give a shout-out to you guys. You guys are awesome. Go, Chiefs. 
Thank, Thank you, for you the Sarah. Call. Well, we I love mean, you. I mean, Sarah, I mean, Sarah's got a point, though, Smalls. I mean, you, you still haven't given the rose to an NFL team. That's I mean, it's true. still the Bachelorette. I mean, you're still shopping your NFL fandom. Oh, I mean, that's what she was talking about. Yeah, I think about. that's what she was talking about. Oh. And they cut her off before yeah. they said how lucky our wives are to be married to us. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're on sports. I think that's the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the other way around. <laughs> this is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are very fortunate to be a part of the ESPN family of networks and obviously having people like Stephen A. and Mike Greenberg as two of the centerpieces of the network PTI is also one of those centerpieces as well, right? Phenomenal content for 20-plus years or whatever it is. And Michael Wilbon, Tony Kornheiser. But Wilbon said something yesterday that I'm so glad he said because it sparked such an interesting conversation on PTI. You know how on the broadcast now they're doing the analytics of what the numbers tell you to do on fourth down? Yeah, like go forward or punt, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, um, Wilbon had this to say about that yesterday on PTI on ESPN. The two-point conversion attempt that left them eight down. Don't start me with the two-point conversions. And the analytics say go for it. Do the analytics say go for it no matter who's going for it? So if you and I were on the field, the analytics say go for it. It's the stupidest, laziest, lamest thing I've ever heard for reasoning in competition. And I hate when announcers just buy it without questioning it. I think it's such an interesting point. Baker Mayfield had a great season. No question about that. But how can the numbers be equal when it's Baker Mayfield going for it versus Patrick Mahomes going for it? And I think that's such an interesting way of looking at it because he's right. How do you not factor in the people involved yeah. in these, these decisions? No? Yeah, there's that part of it. But then the other angle is analytics playing out in terms of the law of averages doesn't mean it's always going to play out that way. It doesn't mean that you're always going to be right. The reason why analytics works so well in baseball is because you got 162 games. Well, guess what? In the NFL, you got 17 regular season games, and in the playoffs, it's win or go home. So the analytics can't be used as the Bible to justify every single decision. You have to have a coach that feels the heartbeat of the game and understands where his team is at, understands the momentum of the game, and making the best decision based on all of those different factors. That's why it can't just be hard and fast. The analytics says, you know, go for fourth that go for it on fourth down, go for two point. You can't judge it based on that. And so I think this is a great point, an astute point by Wilbon in terms of the personnel. But overall, when we look at analytics, we have to also remember it's just a tool. It shouldn't be a hard and fast rule that every coach is used to determine what they should do in every situation. 
Well, as somebody that has to deal with analytics a lot because I love baseball, you're right. People do use it, though, as a hard and fast rule, and they are so reliant on it. And you can't – there's so many unquantifiable things that are happening that analytics will never be able to put a pulse on. Like, how does this – player handle pressure yep. right and this moment in the postseason go for it okay but if if the best play involves Chris Canny and I don't know if he has the stomach for it are we going to go for it mm. things like that don't play into analytics but I think a lot of people get nervous going against what the numbers would dictate which and, is tough and the other way like okay it's fourth and 10 from your own 35 yard line but Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback if Andy Reid's just like you know what I just have a feeling he's going to like convert this that seems like a dumb move, but it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, am I going to crush him that much for going for it when it's that guy? I think what Wilbon said, I saw this yesterday, I thought it was so brilliant. Like, we can't just blindly trust numbers when the people who are trying to convert in these spots aren't as good as other people trying to convert. But in what those the spots. numbers do is they allow the coaching staff to explain decisions to the front office and to ownership in a way that those people understand it. Most NFL owners are good at business. These NFL teams are their second or third businesses. And so they understand numbers. And so I can say, listen, this is what the probability scale said if we decide to do this. It's forecasting in a sense. Most owners understand that. And that way, if you're a head coach and you make a what will be called controversial decision, mm-hmm. you can then justify that decision because you could say, I had the numbers to support it. That's what Brandon Staley did all those years for the L.A. Chargers. Look what I got him. Yeah. Fired. So it didn't work out. But I guess my whole point is, For people in sports, when you have those types of decisions that can determine outcomes of games, the analytics, the hard numbers could be used as something to justify a certain rationale, even if it doesn't work out. So again, I think it's 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 almost as if you can play the CYA game using analytics in a way that you couldn't use before it was widely accepted and so pervasive in sports. I know you're not saying it this way, but I'm hearing that as coaches have a built-in excuse. That's yeah. what I was thinking, too. It's yeah. in the back that, pocket. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm that's saying. That's why Wilbon's right in what he that, just but said. That, but, but, but am I wrong? No, you're right, but I don't know that that's necessarily the way that great – I don't think Mike Tomlin thinks about it that way. Like, oh, I have a built-in excuse. No, no, here's what – I'm going to factor in numbers. I'm going to factor in feel. I'm going to factor in the who, what, when, and where, and I'm going to make the right decision. I don't think he's thinking about what, what are the Rooney's going to say to me after this. I think if you're operating, if you're worrying about what your employer is going to say to you after every move you make, you're making, you're done. You're just done, as it is. George in Connecticut watching on ESPNU. What's up, George? Good morning, guys. Morning. Um, I'd just like to ask one quick question. Well, actually, start with one quick question. Um, all my life, I've heard that football is the ultimate team sport. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I wouldn't, no. Oh, oh, you wouldn't? No, I'm going to tell you why. Because the the ultimate team sport, when you say it that way, indicates equal parts. And I don't believe that a football team has equal parts because I think if you don't have a quarterback, you can't win in today's okay. game. All right. So very good. So here's my the other side of the argument. So if you take equal talented quarterbacks and they get drafted out of college and um, one goes to a, a team with a great head coach, great OC, great DC, and the other one doesn't have the same – equal, uh, you know, comparison. Um, obviously, the one who has all the parts around them is going to end up with the better career for the most part, even though they have equal talent. So when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL, I believe that how their career is viewed in the end has a lot to do with what they're surrounded with. And you can only go so far on your talent, and you can only take a team so far. 
And I think that's the, the situation that Patrick Mahomes is in and Josh Allen is in. They're both great talent. Yeah, but think about I mean, wait a second, not, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Andy Reid was in Philadelphia for a long period of time. He went to five NFC Championship games in a row, if I'm not mistaken. He went to a Super Bowl, lost to New England. He, the whole book on Andy Reid is he was never able to get over the hump. Then he had Mahomes, and he got over the hump. Great for, quarterbacks can make other people better. Forget about all that. Joe Burrow took the Bengals to the Super Bowl in his second year as a starter. Right. Joe ba- Burrow. The Bengals. The freaking Bengals. The Bengals. They ain't won a playoff game in over 30 years. Same thing can be applied right he now. He got up. sacked. He got sacked more than anybody else in the league that year. And they still went to the Super Bowl. How about C.J. Stroud? Forget about <laughs> C.J. Stroud. D'Amico the, Ryans is not a proven head coach. The, the, what t- talent did we point to around ex- him to say they're going to carry him exactly. to the Super Bowl? Go look at the first 10, in the 12 playoffs. games of Dan Campbell's He career. was in miss, the playoffs. Miss me with that. Like, oh, oh, well, Josh Allen walked into it. No. The Buffalo Bills were not a dumpster fire like those other franchises were. And yet we're talking about Josh Allen not being able to do something that we saw Joe Burrow do in year two with a lesser team. Stop. Stop with the Josh Allen excuses. Stop. Also, I think once you get to the point where you're playing in the playoffs, isn't the, oh, where you're drafted and what you're built around excuse kind of gone because you've proven that the team is good enough to be a playoff team. We're not at the rebuilding phase anymore. The Buffalo Bills were a playoff team the year before they drafted Josh. I would assume the they best. were a playoff team. I, I didn't play in the NFL like CC. They I, were a, they were a playoff <laughs> team. I How have, are we sitting there saying that he walked into a bad situation? I have to assume the great coach quarterback relationships. Each one can look at the other person and say, "You made me better." No, no, you made me better. Simple as that. Synergy. That's what it is. We're on sports tonight. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.